everybody. Mike Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be with you guys again today. We have a new episode releasing every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Um, it is my desire and my passion to see the bride of Christ awakened to the beauty of Jesus who he is, what he has done, his heart, his nature, so that we can truly walk out everything that we are in this earth. We are partakers of the divine nature. We can destroy the works of the evil one. We can establish the kingdom of heaven, release the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. We have a calling. We have a purpose, and it comes through intimacy. All fruitfulness flows from intimacy. I have guests from around the world. If you're new to the show, I've got guests from all different spheres in the body of Christ um, that they have, they have the same passion in their heart. The Lord's put something in them for this time and this hour, and it is a relevant message, a relevant testimony, you know, that really speaks to where we're at as a church, where we are individually. And so I also have different teaching shows. If you're new to the show as well, we had a series on the fear of the Lord. We had a series on first love. We had a series on no separation from God and grace and identity. So you could tap into that hundreds of hours of free content for you guys. And so you could tap in there. We're also doing video content. If you're just listening right now on the audio side, we're doing video content. You can go to youtube.com. You could look up Michael Lombardo or Awaken Podcast in the search engine. My, my, my show will pop up. You could subscribe and there's probably over 100 to like 120 videos on there completely free that you guys can tap into for your encouragement, edification, to really bless you guys, all right? And so today I've got a guest on the show who is a close friend of mine. We have we went to Bible school together. We were on the mission field together several times. Um, we've done life together locally in the States. We've preached together. Um, I love this guy. He's a close friend of mine. I believe in what he's doing. He's newly married and they are a power team. And so he's my buddy, Daniel Salame. Um, he carries a spirit of awakening. He's definitely a pioneer in so many ways. Um, they do missions. Him and his wife do missions together as well as they minister in churches all over the world, not just locally in the States, but in different countries all over the world. He has ministered in over 50 nations since he's gotten saved and has been preaching the gospel and him and his wife are constantly going back and forth to Jordan as well as just traveling all over, preaching the Great Commission, just living this life laid down for the Lord Jesus. And so bless you, Daniel. Thanks for joining me, man. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, bro. Always good to see your face, man. I love what you and Lydia are doing around the world, man. It's great to be here. Long time coming. Yeah, yeah, dude. And so talk to <laughs> yeah. me a little bit, man. I love what you're doing. I love your ministry. Um, tell us a little bit about Journey to Jordan and kind of what you guys are all about. Absolutely. So uh, Lydia and I run a ministry called Awaken Hearts Global. We love seeing awakening in the earth. That's why we're happy to be on Awaken Podcast because our heart is awakening. Mm. And uh, I'm Jordanian American. So uh, we are mostly between Jordan and the States, uh, based in Redding, California. So we're just uh, bringing awakening, equipping the church to do the stuff and seeing God move in mighty ways. We're really passionate about land. 
I think land matters and it's important. And uh, so Jordan is a significant place because it's the Bible land. Half of it was biblical Israel. The other half is all where the exodus of, of uh, Moses and the Israelites took place. So we do something called Journey the Jordan. Uh, you can check it out at journeythejordan.com or on Instagram or Facebook. But we take Bible land encounters. It's not just a Bible tour where you go and mm. take your pictures and, and, and see the Holy Land. It's an encounter where we take people to where the Bible happened. And we have times of worship and encounter where the Bible comes to life right before your eyes, where you encounter the presence and revelation comes to life right in front of you. And we just encounter the Lord on the land. And so Journey to Jordan, a seven-day Bible land encounter from the Red Sea when the Israelites came out of Egypt through their 40 years in the wilderness into the promised land. And that's just something we do every fall and spring. And we'd love to take some of you listeners with us. It's a real joy. Oh, that's awesome, man. And so it's journeythejordan.com, you said as well. And you also have a ministry website. What is what is that? That's awakenheartsglobal.com. Awesome. And so people can find out what you're doing, where you're preaching, what's going on through those different avenues. Absolutely. And so that's cool, bro. One thing I always love to ask my guests, I know your story, but those who are listening don't. Um, I love to just hear how you first encountered the Lord, bro. When did, how did this journey start for you? Everyone's got such a unique story. I love to hear Jesus stories. And so how'd you encounter the Lord, man? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, it's a big question for me because I have quite a long testimony. So I'm going to condense a massive story <laughs> into like two minutes. And Good. I'm going to do my very, very best. You're a preacher, right, man. So, you can do it. Hey, I, I, I accept the challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid slash missionary kid. My mom was a missionary to the Middle East, married a local man, and they pastored and church planted in the Middle East. When I was seven years old, we had to smuggle out of the Middle East and where I grew up in the East Coast in the States. Uh, pastor's kid on the front row of church. I had a lot of trauma happen in my life through that escape and through my upbringing. And uh, it really caused me to turn from God, looking at the calling on my life. Uh, I was filled with the spirit at seven years old, but I just... I didn't encounter the father in a way that healed my identity. I was quite orphaned. And so uh, I pulled to Jonah. I ran from God, man. I ran from the calling. I ran from the assignment. Mm. And uh, I tried to do my own thing, 14, Mm. 15 years old. Took me to the streets real fast. I was Mm. walking the streets one night, cussing out God. You don't love me. You don't care about me if you did. Why would my life turn out this way? Why do I feel this way? Because I saw healings and miracles and and my whole life. I grew up in the miraculous, but I never encountered him. I just saw it from a a church seat, but I never encountered it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that personal relationship. So here I'm cussing God out on the street and I heard God for the first time in my life, this loud voice like rushing waters like love. And and, uh, I felt these physical arms. Uh, It wasn't just a spiritual feeling. It was like a real encounter. I felt these arms of a father come down, wrap around me and squeeze me. And I heard God say, Daniel, I love you. Uh, And I expected him to say, 
son, I'm calling you to the ministry, prepare yourself, you know, but he didn't. Yeah, uh -huh. He just told me he loved me and he had a plan for my life. Mm. And if I would yield my brokenness, he would take me and use me for his glory. And in that moment, I fell in love with love. Mm -hmm. And I realized I will give my life to serve this, this God who loves me so much. I didn't realize I was so valuable to him. And uh, that experience changed my life. Went into full-time ministry after that. Um, started preaching on the streets. Uh, started youth pastoring shortly after. I worked really hard to skip a year of high school and go straight to Bible school mm. at 17 years old. And then straight to the mission field. And it's been a, a blast since. And so God changed my life through his love, uh, the love of the Father. And that's where I am today. Oh, dude. So good. So good. One encounter truly changes everything. When you encounter everything. when you encounter the nature of God, when you experience his love, it's the foundation for life. It's way better than people. People would tell me you could hear the voice of God. You experience God. You know, he loves you. Jesus loves you. And hey, listen, it kind of, hey, I believe that it was there was seed that was sown before I encountered the Lord. Scriptures, you know, things people would say to me, it didn't go in one ear at the other. I believe it was seed sown on my heart that germinated at the right time. But also, man, there's just nothing like encountering him for yourself. You know, uh, man, the love of God, bro. So awesome, man. Because that's a foundation. At the end okay. of the day, God is love. When you encounter that love, it compels you. He empowers you mm -hmm. to, to the point where you say, woe is me if I don't follow him. Woe is me if I don't preach this gospel like I need. I, this is, you know, he's, he's the reason for my existence. And so that's awesome, mm -hmm. bro. I love, I love hearing that story. And today we want to dive into a really cool subject that we haven't really tackled on the podcast yet. Maybe a little bit. When we talked about discernment and spiritual things. We probably tapped into it a little bit, but not in depth. But I want to talk about shifting spiritual atmospheres. I know that's really important to you, vital for your ministry. Yeah. Um, give us yeah. a little bit of definition for some people that may not exactly know what we're talking about and, and, your, and how this is like, why this becomes so important to you. Yeah. Well, there's a couple different people that teach this across the body of Christ and everybody has a little bit different verbiage to define things, but we're all saying the same message. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a really uh, good educational first step. So shifting the atmosphere 101, let's define the basics. What is it? Where do we see it in the Bible? What does it mean? And so basically it's this awareness of the fullness of God inside of you, flowing out of you uh, and taking back the atmosphere and the land and shifting it. And so I read a book when I was in Bible school quite a long time ago, when mm. we were in Bible school together mm. in 2009, it was When Heaven Invades Earth by oh, yeah. Bill Johnson. Mm -hmm. Oh, it wrecked me. That book changed my life. And it opened my eyes to a whole new definition of the kingdom. It's not this far out there place, but the kingdom's inside of me. Heaven is inside of me. Jesus is inside of me. The mm -hmm. fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells inside of you. And so we are filled with the fullness of God. And I, I just basically began to realize uh, what we're experiencing is just a lack of revelation of what's inside of us. And when we can tap into that, we can actually release it. We know mm. that the Holy Spirit flows out of us like a river. 
Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to stay in us. He's supposed to flow out of us. That's like right. Paul says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. So there's this giving out aspect. We know that eight out of the nine gifts of the spirit are for giving out. And so there's this outward flow, but where's it coming from? Mm. This, this fullness of God that's inside of us flowing out. The king, and so releasing God. So I read this book and it just began to teach me that there's more inside of me that I can release. Bill Johnson says, the greatest gift you and I can ever give away is the presence of God. Yes. Amen. And I, that hit me. And so I read that. And so I'm a student. I'm probably 19 years old in Bible school. And I'm sitting in my friend's car and he goes and pulls into a parking lot in Dallas. And he goes, hey, just give me a couple minutes. I've got to run in the store and return something. I'll be right back. So I'm sitting in the passenger seat, just praying up a storm, you know, Bible school student rocking back and forth, (laughs) praying, having this God encounter as I'm processing this book and realizing that the fullness of God is in me and I can release it. And it's basically, it's uh, learning to not be a a thermometer that tests the spiritual atmosphere, but to be a thermostat that shifts the atmosphere. And right as I'm processing Mm. all of these things, I'm just meditating. I don't want to just be a wave rider, God. I want to be a wave starter. I want to release what's in me out of me and just shift the atmosphere. And so I'm like praying and prophesying over myself and having a good time. This truck pulls (laughs) up next to me. And in this truck, uh, the passenger goes uh, inside and the driver stays in. So I'm in the passenger seat right next to me is a truck and there's a driver sitting in the car right next to me. And I'm like, man, I don't want him to think I'm this crazy weirdo. So I just lock my door and I'm just praying. But I instantly began to feel the heaviness that this guy was carrying. Mm. Uh, We're parked right next to each other. We're probably five, six feet away from each other, just one car to the next. Uh, And Uh, He had his hat on, he had the music cranking, and I looked over and he was actually drinking a beer. Uh, I I don't know why he's driving, drinking a beer, cranking music, and I could feel the pain, I could feel the anger, I could feel the hurt, and I said, you know what? This is my safe opportunity to practice. I'm in a locked car, the door's locked, I'm just going to try it. What would happen? What could go wrong? I'm going to release the kingdom of God that's in me. I'm going to release the presence of God. And I didn't know how to do it. So I just say, in Jesus name, I release this peace <laughs> over there. I really, and I'm doing like spiritual Taekwondo waving my arms. You know, I'm just a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Figuring it out in Jesus name, hoping he doesn't look at me thinking I'm this just wackadoodle Christian. For and I'm sure. just praying, God, touch him, pour out your spirit, love on him. And I, just a couple minutes go by and I'm just still, still doing it. And he puts down his beer. He turns off the music. He takes his hat and he just rubs his face like this. <sighs> takes a deep breath. And I look at him. I'm like, Oh my gosh, something is happening. <laughs> Double it, Jesus more. I just release what I carry. And I'm just releasing heaven out of me, the river that flows. And I felt the darkness go back and back. And I just, my car filled with the presence of God until it just, I think it just took the atmosphere and it touched his car. And this guy began to weep in the car next to me. He just starts weeping. And I felt so much glory. Mm. I felt so much peace. I felt Jesus. And, uh, 
He had this mm. encounter in the car right next to me. A couple minutes later, both people came back to the car and we drove away and he drove away. And I don't know what happened to him, except I learned something mm. that I have the ability to release heaven out of me. Mm -hmm. To give away Jesus, like Bill Johnson said, I have in me something that I can give away. The greatest gift we can ever give is Jesus. You know, uh, we, Jesus, we could give, he gives salvation, he gives healing, he gives all mm -hmm. these things, but we can give him away yes. and people can encounter him and one encounter could change their life. Yes. So I took this revelation and I began to practice it. Yeah. At 19, 20 years old, I started going to coffee shops and trying to take a corner of the coffee shop and then growing to be able to just try to take over a coffee shop yeah. and see uh, people encounter the Lord. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it started for me, man. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love the revelation of fullness because that's what changed my life in such a drastic way. When I stopped believing the lie of lack, that I am lacking yeah. something that I need to do X, Y, Z to gain something that I don't have. You know, it's this lie of lack that the enemy absolutely loves, you know, because the scriptures, have, you know, speak the language of fullness. We've received fullness and grace upon grace. Mm. We've become partakers of the divine nature that the fullness of deity dwells in Christ. And where does Christ live? On the inside of us. So the fullness of Christ lives on the inside of us. And so all these Come scriptures, on. bro, all these scriptures, he doesn't give his spirit in measure he gives it in fullness like jesus said i give my i give my spirit and i give my spirit in fullness and so there's so many scriptures that speak of fullness and when that began to open up in my heart i began to realize i'm not striving for something i don't have i am coming into agreement and i'm beginning to believe in this fullness that i have i didn't pay for it i didn't earn it i don't deserve it jesus paid for it he died for it he earned it and it was given to me as a gift and now i could release this i could bless people as i pray for them as i speak life and so many people think well i don't feel like i have the fullness of god i just want to tackle that real quick because so many people are so feeling oriented where they say like yeah it's great that i got the fullness i don't feel like i have the fullness i feel like i'm lacking so much of god i feel like i'm lacking god in my life how could i release something that i don't have there's just a lie there that the enemy has kept so much of us in bondage to. Yeah. I would always say your feelings don't care about your future. Mm. Your feelings don't care about your future. They're lied to you. I love how Smith Wigglesworth said it. He said, I'm not moved by what I feel or what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he would read the newspaper and say, you know, this isn't truth to me. And he'd hold up his Bible and say, this is truth to me. And so I think mm -hmm. it's important that we root ourselves in that and that we don't be swayed to and fro like the reeds in the wind, like Jesus said. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are chasing the feelings, but when they just root their heart in faith, the feelings come. Feelings do come. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with feelings. We could feel the presence of God. Good. We could feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's, you know, God wants to awaken our senses to experience him in a supernatural way. But when we're focusing on the senses and we're focusing on the supernatural, then we feel dry. We feel like, oh, discouraged, broken, because we're not getting that manifestation that we desire. But faith comes before the manifestation and before the feelings. And so we just need to root our heart in the promises of God. And like you said, you were awakened to that revelation. I just pray that every person watching this or listening to this right now would be awakened to the revelation of fullness. I feel that right now, bro. 
I feel the Come presence on. of God on that, dude, that if you are listening right now, we just pray over you that you would be awakened to oh a revelation God. of the fullness of God supplied through the cross, through the broken body of Jesus, through the shed blood of Jesus, through his perfect obedience. His reward is now yours. Yeah. You have the fullness of God with you. Feel it or not, experiencing it or not, the kingdom is on the inside of you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whew. So I ask... I asked this question, where is this in the Bible? Mm. And is Jesus teaching it? Because he's the rabbi, he's the teacher. Is he teaching us to do this? And uh, instantly I found the story of Jesus uh, on the boat with the disciples and he's sleeping and there's a storm, Mm -hmm. right? So there is no, no peace, no shalom, no irony in the atmosphere. There's what? Chaos. In the middle of the storm, the disciples are in fear. They wake up Jesus uh, and and they're in panic and chaos and fear. And Jesus stands up and he looks at this atmosphere that Mm -hmm. is absent of peace. Mm -hmm. And where does peace come from? Peace comes from another realm. It comes from the kingdom. It's and and so Jesus looks where there is no peace yeah. and he releases what's from another realm into this realm. He releases what's inside of him, out of him, mm. and he completely in a moment shifted the atmosphere Absolutely. and took it back by releasing what was in him, out of him. And a lot of times we go places or we experience things, you know, whether it be a fight in the marriage, problems at work challenges in a town or wherever you go and there is an absence of peace Mm -hmm. there's an absence of joy or whatever it may be and you know i didn't realize this when i was a kid my mom used to do this i'd be fighting with my sisters in the room and she would walk in and just stand there and say nothing and she would take back the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and release it by releasing peace and in, in like 15 seconds we would just stop fighting and peace would enter the room. Oh yeah. And I didn't realize what was happening, but she took back the atmosphere, shifted it by releasing peace. Yeah. And so Jesus models it for us, mm. and I think so should we do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Just in my experience like with leading teams and I know you lead teams and you've done it for years, but like on the mission field, I remember specifically going to Cambodia and you know, we're 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 at Iris Global an amazing ministry and there was a couple people on my team that were feelers, tremendous feelers. Um and they would heavily focus, not not the whole team, just a couple people on the team, they would heavily focus on the demonic, like, oh, we're going to a really dark area, very demonic area, and they would come under the feelings of like, oh, they would come under the demonic oppression that was in the area. And I remember one thing I had to coach them on was, hey, listen, yes, we, we are not... Um, unaware of the enemy's schemes. We are not going to go in blindly saying there's no demons here. There's no atmosphere or principality or powers that's over this area. That's not what we're, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Christ in you is greater. You are co-seated with him in the heavenly places above principalities and powers. The Lord triumphed over every evil power. The Lord will soon crush Satan under our feet. His time is short and we get to take ground and conquer him in that realm and get to destroy his works right now. And so I just said, no, instead of going in super conscious of the demonic that is in this specific city, what we're going to do is be super conscious of Christ in us 
and how much more authority and how much more power and how much more life Jesus has in us. And we would go into brothels and we would go into temples where they were worshiping false idols. And we would walk the streets where there was kids that were being sexually abused, like, you know, giving their bodies up for, you know, to foreigners. And we would go and we would sing worship songs and we would just touch people, touch the kids with our hands on their head or their shoulder, just releasing peace and life over them. And we would, you know, we would just constantly be focused on the presence in in us. And I'm telling you, bro, no one came under that spirit. Nobody came under that emotional, like, oh my God, so dark here. Like we were all uplifted, full yeah. of joy and seeing Come kingdom on. results. It's important. Yes. Come on. That's so good. Mm. Everything you just said is what I believe is the key to see this thing work. Mm. Uh, people that feel or discern without proper training, they do this thing. I call it burden bearing. Yeah. They come into a, a land or a place and they feel what's going on and they pick it up mm-hmm. rather than uh, coming in with the opposite sure. spirit to shift the land. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll begin to carry it. And I call it burden bearing. Mm-hmm. But what we do whenever we go into a place, one, we're looking for Jesus. For sure. One, we're not <laughs> talking to the enemy. We're not yelling at the enemy in our yeah. prayers. I don't talk to the enemy. I'm, I'm talking to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we focus on him and all we do is we come in with joy. We come in with the presence and we worship and we pray mm-hmm. and we laugh and we, mm-hmm. uh, he's the center of it all. Our eyes are on him and the atmosphere just begins to be shifted around us because our mm-hmm. focus is not what's on the ground, what's happening. Our focus is from another realm, bringing it in yeah. and uh, the atmosphere shift, man, every Absolutely. time, every time. Absolutely. He comes, he he's comes, faithful. Bro. Yes, he is, man. <laughs> There's a... um. There's something that I noticed when I first got saved for people who maybe haven't done a whole bunch of missionary work and everything. This, this could like speak to them on a real practical level. I remember there was, you know, when I got saved, I, you know, discernment was something like spiritual discernment, the gift of discerning of spirits was something that I, I began to experience. And, but when I was around a bunch of people like at church, or if we were just hanging out like a youth group or young adults or whatever, and people like to tell like crazy stories sometimes about these demonic encounters they had or this happened. And it's like, you're talking about the enemy a lot, right? Or talking about bad things or darkness. And um, I remember just when people would glorify it and they would talk about it and focus on it, it was like the atmosphere began to shift and it was like a dark presence would begin to dwell there. And I remember just thinking to myself, what is going on right now? We're speaking about the demonic and it's like it's showing up. And I would just say, no, let's just take a moment. Let's glorify Jesus. Let's pray. Let's let's cleanse this atmosphere right now because the Bible says that. God dwells upon the praises of his people. So as we glorify him, as uh-huh. we praise him, we, we we create an atmosphere of glory. But I just feel like on the other sense, when we talk about all this demonic stuff and oh, it's like almost you're sharing God stories, but so talking so much about the demonic, there's other atmospheres that can come in as well. And I find that real interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is a, a sensitive topic because, um, it can lead to real weird things or it can attract some people that carry some weird stuff. So yeah. others tend to be walled off and want to reject it yeah. just because it, it gets a little iffy. So here's the thing. I avoid that stuff. We are focusing on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's magnifying Jesus. And what has he mm-hmm. given us? He's given us tools in our tool belt. Mm-hmm. And I, I root myself in scriptures like Isaiah 60. Arise, shine for your light yes. has come and the glory of the Lord mm-hmm. is risen upon you. It then says darkness covers the earth and deep darkness, the people, but the glory of the Lord is already risen upon you. That's so right. arise and do the stuff. And That's so this right. is like this commissioning call. 
and me, somebody who uh, takes the challenge and loves being sent out. I'm like, here I am, take me, pick me, send me God. And when I hear that arise and shine, I accept the call to to get out of my seat and do it. And so uh, my eyes aren't on, you know, the spiritual darkness. My eyes are on uh, Jesus, the kingdom, yeah. the fullness yes. of God, what I care about, this revelation of fullness and authority, knowing who I am and whose I am and walking from that place uh, of mm. I, unity, mm-hmm. oneness mm-hmm. Uh, of me and him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, You know, there's identity, mm-hmm. but there's actually something we, we call, it's a bit of a joke, we call it we-denity. It's me and God. My identity is me and him and him and me and us together. It's we. It's the we. It's me yeah. and him. It's partnering with him. Yeah. And he's saying, I want to use you. I want to use you. So go do this together. And uh, I think it's important that our eyes uh, stay focused on the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't get off into the demonic or to the weird. It's there. It's there. We're not glorifying it. We're actually taken back the ground and, and seeing measurable results everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's important that we're not ignorant of the enemy's schemes and it's important to call something out when it needs to be called out and face something as it needs to be faced. But it's very important that we live Christ conscious, not demon conscious, not devil conscious, but conscious of Christ in us so that when things do come up that need to be addressed, we're coming from that place of, hey, I I have authority in this situation. You know what I mean? A book that I I love, it's very, very short. It's by a man who is now in the glory with the Lord, but Kenneth Hagin, a book called The Believer's Authority was really Mm. foundational for me as a new believer. And so if you want to learn more, um, I would say, you know, I would say you need to know, I'm not saying get his book necessarily. It was a blessing to me, but all I'm saying is you need to learn about your authority in Christ who you carry, you need to understand your identity, and we also need to get this revelation of fullness, of who we possess, who we carry, so that we can truly change atmospheres like Jesus did. He modeled it like Daniel, like 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 you said, and we're able to truly take ground when we have this revelation. So what would you say to people, man, kind of ended the podcast, how would you encourage people that are listening, that are saying like, wow, this is really interesting, I've never really heard anybody talk about this before, how can I begin, how can I really start digging into this, I want to be used by God in this way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I think it's important to realize um, everything we talked about keeping Christ the center, but uh, Ephesians 6, 12, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we know Ephesians 6, 12, what does that say? It says there is a battle and it's a spiritual one. And so my advice to people is don't go past where you are currently at. Mm. Don't try to take more than you know. What it's all about is having tools and knowing how to use your tools mm. and, and not going past where the grace is. If you don't feel a grace on something, don't go there. And so for me, um, what I try to do is I started very simple. I believe it's a gift that you can grow and you grow in authority. You grow in your knowledge of it's really growing in your knowledge mm-hmm. and growing in your giftings. And so uh, start uh, by, by doing it safe and, and just practicing. If you're in a coffee shop, uh, releasing mm-hmm. the kingdom to the person next to you, you know, when you shake somebody's hand in a business meeting, just release heaven, just focus a uh, small and simple, you know, in, in the house. If, if there's a fight with the kids, just come in and bring peace and, uh, maybe problems at work, 
and it just feels heavy, just sit at your desk and just release peace. Practice by releasing the opposite of what is going on in the atmosphere, Mm. right? If it's anger, release peace. If it's depression, release joy. You come in with the opposite and just practice releasing it and see what happens from there. And so that's step one and and grab some good books and begin to, to educate yourself and sharpen your tools and ask the Lord teach me about this stuff. And so those are the basic starting steps for mm-hmm. growing in shifting the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. One thing Smith Wigglesworth said, when I close my eyes, I imagine my hand when I'm touching people to be the very hand of Jesus. And um, that was mm-hmm. something that Miss Sharon, who is a mentor of mine in Bible school days, Sharon Hobbs, one thing that I saw her do is we'd be in Laos or Indonesia or in Malaysia or somewhere, and there'd be little kids running up to us. They're in a communist country. You can't really necessarily preach the gospel in certain scenarios, but she would just put her hand on them. And, and, and she, she told me, she goes, I'm, I'm touching the kids' heads as I'm walking past them. I'm like a school. You're like at a school and we're ministering. We're doing like little songs and dances for the kids. She would just touch all their little heads, you know, just as she walked by them, real friendly, smiling at them. And she said, I'm claiming them all for the kingdom. I'm claiming them all for the kingdom. I'm claiming them all for the kingdom. And she knew that she touched them. She was claiming them all for the kingdom of heaven. And it was just like, she knew her authority. She knew that Christ was in her. She knew that her touch meant something, that there was an anointing on her touch. And she was releasing that. And, you know, even when it comes to just praying for people, this is something simple that a lot of people can do. When you pray for somebody, instead of just releasing a prayer to heaven, like God's in the sky somewhere, you need to just meditate on the reality that Christ is in me. And as you're holding hands with them or putting your hand on their shoulder, even just standing with them or sitting with them, not touching them at all, you need to just be reflective of the reality that he is in me and I'm releasing Christ in this prayer. He's not in the cloud somewhere and I'm like sending my prayers to heaven, but no, heaven lives on the inside of me. I am one with God. And as I touch or or as I put my hand or I extend my, hold this individual's hand, I'm releasing Jesus to this individual. Little things that we can mentally just kind of align our faiths with as we are trying to move forward in more of this kind of lifestyle. And so anyways, just a little bit input myself too. what you're conscious and aware of flows off of you mm-hmm. like a fragrance into the room. So if if you're depressed and you walk up to a group of people laughing and having fun, uh, you just suck the air out of the party and everyone stops laughing and you've shifted the atmosphere. They call it like a party pooper. You yeah, know? for or sure. Let, let's say you're, yeah. you're you're driving through Starbucks and you you pick up your coffee and surprisingly the person is so nice and mm-hmm. so sweet and have a wonderful day. You grab it and you're like, wow, I will. Wow. Yeah. That was great. They affected you because the joy that they were aware yes. of came off of them mm-hmm. and it was, it was received and it shifted you. And so what I, I did is one day I went to the red carpet in Hollywood the day before, I don't know if it's the Grammys or the Emmys, the movies, the mm-hmm. one, you know, with all the actors. Sure. And I went there and me and my friends were conscious and aware of the presence of God on us standing on the red carpet and we released the presence and it got so thick. And you know what we did? We just left it there on the red carpet <laughs> yeah. that all the actors walking through the mm-hmm. next day would just walk into that presence of God. And so it's just take baby steps and start doing this and focus on Jesus and you're going to mm. see great results. And we bless you guys in this journey of stepping out in new tools and seeing God move in and through you. So cool. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, man. Thank you for being on the show with me today. And one more time for, you know, people that are uh, still listening right now, just tell us how they connect again, give us the websites and tell them, 
Hey, Journey to Jordan is incredible. I highly recommend it. He's a buddy of mine. This is this this is one thing that I know about Daniel. I've known him for years. This dude loves Jesus. He carries the presence. He's all about intimacy. I know that when these tours are done, there is a heavy focus on encounter. It's not informational. It's about revelation. It's about impartation. It's about the presence of God being released, encountering Jesus, never leaving the same, as well as getting a rich history and biblical knowledge of what's taking place in Jordan, in Israel, and everything. I I know I've heard stories of what's happened on these different tours, and so I know that God moves mightily. And so one more time, dude, just give us a couple of websites. How do people connect yeah. again? Yeah, absolutely. So Journey the Jordan, it's not just a tour, it's an encounter where we go where Jacob wrestled the angel at Peniel and called the place face to face for I've seen God. So we go to these places and we encounter God where it happened and uh, it's life changing. A lot of people that love Israel and go into Israel, I just encourage you cross the river and come to Jordan too, because a lot of these Old Testament life-changing stories that we love happened in Jordan. And so uh, we've got a trip this April, April 1st. If you're watching it past that, every spring and every fall, go to journeythejordan.com or look us up on Instagram or Facebook, Journey the Jordan, uh, having these Bible land worship encounters through the Exodus into the promised land where the word comes to life. Come and journey the Jordan with us. We'd love to have you. And thank you, Awaken Podcast and Michael, for having me. It was a real joy to be with you today. Awesome. Awesome. I love talking to you, bro. You carry such revelation, so much light, so much life. For those who are listening right now, thank you so much for tuning into Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review the show so we can get it out to more people so they can be encouraged, challenged, blessed awaken to the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Bless you guys. Thank you, Daniel. And bless you guys. We'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.com org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you <laughs>